Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a great show lined up for you today, including visits with Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. We'll also visit with Linda Harden, my wife. Uh, we'll be talking about current global events here in the United States, as well as on the Paradise Coast. Happy Labor Day. It is September the 4th, and on this day in 476, Romulus Augustus, the last emperor of the Western Roman Empire, was deposed by Odacer, a German barbarian who proclaimed himself king of Italy. Odacer was a mercenary leader in the Roman imperial army when he launched his mutiny against the young emperor. At Piacenza, he defeated Roman general Orestes, the emperor's powerful father, and then took Ravenna, the capital of the Western Empire since 402. Although Roman rule continued in the east, the crowning of Odacer marked the end of the original Roman Empire, which centered in Italy. Beginning in the 8th century BC, ancient Rome grew from a small town of central Italy's Tiber River into an empire that its peak encompassed most of continental Europe, Britain, and much of Western Asia, northern Africa, and the Mediterranean islands. Among the many legacy of Roman dominance are the widespread use of Romanic or Romance languages like Italian, French, Spanish, Portuguese, and Romanian, derived from the Latin and the modern Western alphabet and calendar, and the emergence of Christianity as a major world religion. After 450 years as a republic, Roman, uh, Rome became an empire in the wake of Julius Caesar's rise and fall in the first century BC. The long and triumphant reign of its first emperor, Augustus, began in a golden age of peace and prosperity. By contrast, the Roman Empire's decline and fall by the 5th century AD was one of the most dramatic implosions in the history of human civilization. The question, of course, is are we on the same trajectory? It's just amazing how quickly we're going downhill under uh, this current regime. Well, of course, it is Labor Day. Labor Day pays tribute to the contributions and achievements of American workers and is traditionally observed on the first Monday in September. It was created by the labor movement in the late 19th century and became a federal holiday in 1894. Labor Day weekend also symbolizes the end of summer for many Americans as celebrated with party street parades and athletic events. Now, Larry Reed is typically a guest on Mondays here on the show, but he won't be with us today. But he raises an important question. Should there also be a capital day? Any good economist will tell you that uh, as complementary factors of production, labor and capital are not only indispensable, but hugely dependent upon each other as well. Now, he wrote this column in 2010, I believe it is, and uh, it's just as relevant today. It makes some great points. Capital without labor means machines with no operators or financial resources without the manpower to invest in it. Labor without capital looks like Haiti or North Korea. Plenty of people working but doing it with sticks instead of bulldozers or starting a small enterprise with pocket change instead of a bank loan. <clears throat> Perhaps subconsciously, Americans do understand to some extent that those who invest and deploy capital are important. 
Capital can refer to either the tools of production or the funds that finance them. There may also be a place in the world where there's a shortage of labor, but every inch of the planet is short on capital. There's no worker who couldn't become more productive and better himself and society in the process if he had more powerful labor-saving machines or a little more venture funding behind him. It ought to be abundantly clear that the vast improvement in standards of living over the past century is not explained by physical labor. We actually do less of that, but rather by the application of capital. This is not class warfare. I'm not taking sides, uh, Larry says, between labor and capital. I don't see them as natural antagonists in spite of some people's attempt to make them so. Don't think of capital as something possessed and deployed only by bankers, the college-educated, the rich, or the elite. We workers of all income levels are capitalists, too, every time we save and invest, buy a share of stock, fix a machine, or start a business, and yet we have a Labor Day in America, but no Capital Day. Perhaps subconsciously, Americans do understand to some extent that those who invest and deploy capital are important. After all, most people would surely have an easier time naming the top 10 capitalists in our history than the top 10 workers. We take pride in the kids in our neighborhoods who put up a sidewalk lemonade stand. President Obama continues to be roundly excoriated for his demeaning remark, you didn't build that, somebody else made that happen. That's not to say that there aren't bad eggs in the capitalist basket. Some use political connections to get special advantages from government. Others cut corners, cheat some customers, or pollute the stream. But those are exceptions, not the rule, in a society that values character. Labor Day and Capital Day, I know of no good reason why we shouldn't have just one and not the other. Workers are not all saints either. Who among us doesn't know who wants somebody who stole from his employer, called in sick when he wasn't, or abused the disability or unemployment compensation rules? Those exceptions shouldn't diminish the importance of work or the nobility of most workers. Like most Americans, I traditionally celebrated Labor Day on Labor Day weekend, not organized labor, compulsory labor unions, mind you, but the noble act of physical labor to produce the things we want and need. Nothing is all wrong about that. But this year on Labor Day weekend, I'm also thinking about the remarkable achievements of inventors of labor-saving devices, the risk-taking venture capitalists who put their own money, not your tax money, on the line and the fact that, that nobody in America has to dig a ditch with a spoon or cut his lawn with a knife. Indeed, what could possibly go, uh, be wrong with having a capital day in odd number years and Labor Day on an even number ones? Labor Day and Capital Day, I know of no good reason uh, why we shouldn't have just one and not the other. So uh, I don't know that that's an uh, idea that's going to catch on, but I think he makes an important point. Uh, labor and capital are not uh, fighting each other. In fact, one can't do without the other. Labor and capital. Happy Labor Day. Well, the United States added more jobs than expected in August, a sign of resilience for labor market under the pressure from Federal Reserve and interest rate hikes. Non-farm payrolls grew by a seasonably adjusted 187,000 for the month, above the estimate for 170,000, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported on Friday. However, the unemployment rate went to 3.6 or 3.8 percent by significantly from July, then the highest since February of 2022. So perhaps the magic the Fed is trying to work is beginning to take hold, and uh, maybe after all, we may have a soft landing for this economy. 
Well, Jimmy Buffett, the legendary music and songwriter, died peacefully surrounded by his loved ones on Friday. He was 76 years old. Jimmy passed away peacefully on the night of September the 1st, surrounded by his family, friends, music, and dogs, the tropical rocker's loved ones said in a statement on Instagram. He lived his life like a song till the very last breath and will be missed beyond measure by so many. The Margaritaville singer de- singer's death was announced on social media just months after he was forced to pull the plug on several of his shows following a series of hospitalizations. He died from Merkel cell carcinoma, an illness that has been fighting for four years. This is a rare disease in which cancer cells form in the skin, according to the National C- Cancer Institute. Jimmy Buffett, what a legacy. He uh, made so many so happy. His music will live on for years. What a legacy from uh, Jimmy Buffett. God rest in peace. He may rest in peace. Well, according to uh, yearly excess death uh, data, available at uh, financetechnologies.com, that's spelled P-H-I-N, financetechnologies.com, the year 20 and 2021 had negative excess mortality rates at minus 9% and minus 7%, respectively. That means that the death rate among children in that age group were less than anticipated for those years. That's important. These rates dramatically shifted to 16% more deaths than anticipated in 2022 and a projected 22% more deaths than anticipated in 2023. Ed Dowd, if you don't know who Ed Dowd is, he's a hedge fund manager, brilliant guy, uh, and uh He blamed this rise in mortality on the COVID-19 vaccine rollout for this age group, which commenced in September of 2021 for 12 to 15-year-olds and April 2022 for 5 to 11-year-olds. I've seen his presentations and I've seen him speak. He's really brilliant and he he makes a great case. Alarmingly, Dowd found a correlation coefficient of 0.94 between the vaccine rollout and excess deaths among United Kingdom children. This suggests a very strong, positive, linear relationship between the two factors. So as one variable increases vaccine uptake, the other variable, excess deaths, also increases in a way that is closely approximates, approximated by, the, by a straight line. Uh, Dow showed that excess deaths among UK children were declining until 2021 before the COVID-19 vaccines were introduced. After the vaccines were rolled out, excess deaths began to rise significantly. Dow also questioned why COVID-19 would be responsible for the increased excess mortality among children only after the vaccine was introduced and not before. He pointed out that if COVID-19 were the cause of increased excess mortality, we'd have expected to see those uh, elevated numbers in 2020 and 2021 as well. Therefore, with all things considered, Ed Dowd concluded, it is the vaccine. The sharp increase in excess deaths rates among UK children following COVID-19 vaccination prompts questions as to why authorities aren't calling for an immediate and thorough investigation. These total, uh, t- they told us COVID-19 measures were about health, so why aren't they investigating what's killing children? The only plausible explanation that makes sense is that they don't want to know the answer, or at least don't want us to know the answer. So again, as you know, I'm concerned about people getting vaccines and what's going on right now. Uh, the President of the United States is saying we should need, uh, Biden is suggesting we all need uh, yearly, annual vaccines for covid 
I'm not so sure that's a good idea. I'm no medical doctor, and I'm not even a scientific researcher, but I, I can certainly understand the information, and Ed Dowd makes a great point. Uh, and so does uh, Joseph Ladapo, our Surgeon General here in Florida, suggests stand up to and don't uh, follow the heeds of the CDC. Uh, make your own decisions about your health. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top White House advisor of COVID-19, this weekend seemed to flip-flop again on uh, people wearing masks to prevent the spread of COVID-19. On Saturday, he acknowledged the findings of a recent study that found masks have little, if any, impact on the overall course of the pandemic. However, amid a recent increase in virus case numbers, he also said, I'm concerned that people will not abide by recommendations. You think? Well, Fauci, who uh, until recently was the director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, gave changing guidance on the efficacy of masks during the pandemic, first saying wearing them was unnecessary for the general public, and then saying universal mask wearing is the most practical way to go. I don't think so. Well, changing topics, uh, Democrat President Joe Biden's woke transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has formed a team of equity experts that seeks to uh, end private car ownership. Buttigieg has been busy allocating tax dollars to appoint a group of leading experts, quote-unquote, to advise him on transportation equity, if you can believe it. Several members of Buttigieg's Marxist equity team argue that cars cause climate change and promote racism and therefore should be phased out. I'm not kidding, he said that. The target is not just traditional gas-powered vehicles, however. It's as experts insist that all cars are bad, including EVs or electric uh, vehicles. Unbelievable. And by the way, Florida GOP Governor Ron DeSantis didn't meet with President Biden on Saturday when he surveyed the damage of the governor's state from Hurricane Adalia. White House officials said they were surprised by DeSantis' decision not to meet with Biden, considering they agreed earlier to meet at a designated spot. A DeSantis spokesperson said the meeting was not a good idea because security preparations alone that would go into setting up such a meeting would shut down ongoing recovery efforts. Nobody wants to meet with Joe Biden, I don't think. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website 
at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of a multimedia terrific website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Great, great for kids of all ages, including you and I. I hope you check it out. HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. Well, as tradition holds, and by the way, happy Labor Day. Same to you and all your listeners. Thank you, Mark. Last day of the summer, so to speak, even though officially it's not. It's exactly right. Uh, people start packing up the lawn chairs and <laughs> start, start getting out <laughs> the rain. People living in summer homes go home, go back to the cities, you know, it's... Uh... That's the end of the summer. It is true. So uh, we talk about current global events on Monday mornings, and uh, let's start off with developments in Ukraine. Okay, so the two two separate sets of events taking place in Ukraine at the moment. Number one, President Zelensky has um, asked the resignation and received of the defense minister. Um, that seems he's been the defense minister since before the war broke out. Uh, that seems mostly relate relating to the fact that. In the recent weeks, they've uncovered some scandals relating to uh, purchasing by the Ukrainian army at the very beginning of the war. Mm. And although no, um, there's been no suspicion really at him for being involved, it was some of the people he knew and his friends and everything else. And so it seems like he's trying to wall off the whole issue of, of corruption that occurred in the... Uh, this, isn't, this isn't the use of foreign armaments. This is more domestic production and purchasing of armaments. So this is what this is all about. It's just is creating an additional wall between Zelensky and the government and whatever might have happened hmm. in terms of um, some corruption in the early stages of the war. Well, um, thank so you for that. The, How's the war going? War is going reasonably well for the Ukrainians at this point, from what it seems. It looks like they have broken through the major uh, Russian defense lines in the south, and they're now behind the Russian defense lines, um, they need to 
of course, be concerned about a counterattack and being cut off. So they're working now to expand expand that area that they've broken through and also to exploit the breakthrough um, beyond that and attempt to, to move faster. The general sense is once they've broken through that first line of defense, which is supposedly the, the, based on Soviet, doc, Soviet doctrine, but it's Russian doctrine now, by far the strongest mm-hmm. um, line of defense, um, this will allow them to, to move faster in terms of attacking the Russians. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. They've also been very successful recently in attacking inside Russia, attacking Russian air bases. Yeah. It seems, um, besides everything else, the Ukrainians have developed a, a successful um, home-developed uh, arms industry where they've also, A, developed their own long-range attack uh, drones, mm. and it seems they've managed to develop their own long-range missiles. That's good. And so both that's and both those are now starting to hurt the Russians um, with their air bases. And the Russians have reasonably good air defenses around Moscow and Leningrad, but the rest of the country is pretty open. And they, so um, that's what's happening now in terms of um, the, you know in terms of the Ukrainians. And of course, it's uh, you know it's it's upsetting the Russians. I mean, every single night now. The main airports in Moscow have been shut down because of drone attacks. So suddenly the Russians are beginning to, to feel the war. So I understand that there's been some drone attacks in Romania. Apparently the Ukrainians are accusing the Russia of that. And uh, any comments? No, we don't really know. I mean, I, I, that, that's what's been said so far. We don't really know any any facts about this. I believe Romanians are doing, as, as the Poles, are doing... Um, repairs of uh of ukrainian tanks uh-huh. um did the russians really attack I, i'm not sure i mean if they do that's crossing a, a line because romania is a member of nato um so we'll have to see if that really took place or if it was a, it may have been an accidental you know a, a missile that went too far let's put it that way collateral damage um, as they say well, not collateral damage so much as, you know, make mis- more of a mistake. The Russians' electronics are not all that good. They never were very good. And so the guidance system may have been off. Yeah. Um, we forget how bad the Russians really have been over over decades in terms of their the high-tech side of the military. The only thing they do very well is, is hacking, which, you know, we saw in American politics and we see continue to see. But... Their chip industry, which basically is non-existent, and electronic warfare in those areas are are not nearly as advanced as the West, and probably not as advanced as Ukraine these days. I mean, Ukraine was known as a place that a lot of American and Israeli companies, for instance, would send a lot of their secondary computer development work to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know as a Mac developer, I have a number of, of software uh, programs that all come from Ukraine. I don't have anything and never have had anything from Russia. Huh. Not because I was against Russia and for Ukraine. It was just, this predates the war. Yep. So that's an interesting thing that people don't, don't, don't quite know is how, how advanced the Ukrainian computer industry was. Yeah. Or on the, on the other hand, uh, we've, we've uh, uh, given sanctions on Russia. Uh, we've done what we can in order to infect uh, their behavior, uh, but to change the trajectory. But apparently their economy is doing better than ever. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, they were doing better than ever in terms because the price of oil has gone, had right. gone up. And so they do well on the oil side. They are having trouble in terms of uh, manufacturing and producing products because of the 
sanctions. But the problem with sanctions always is that people manage to get around them. You know, they're third parties that will buy and sell illegally. That's always the case. You know, money will always will overcome sanctions. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it goes all the way back to the American Civil War, right, with the blockade of the South, it wasn't exactly hermetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> these things never really, I mean, they they work in a sense. They make it more difficult, but they're never really all that effective, to, you know, up to a point, obviously. Um, but the, the Russians, the Russians are suffering at this point, not like the Ukrainians, obviously, but they clearly are not doing well. I don't think, I mean, Putin can keep on sustaining it. I guess so. As long as he keeps on, you know, killing or um, or placing in prison anyone who, in any which way, is any bit of a threat to him, yeah, um, he can, can, you know, <clears throat> dictators can do that for a long time. Mark, I want to get caught up with a couple of other issues. Can you stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Golfshore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region. Golfshore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of 1st Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Golfshore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions... Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us in the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Uh, we prepare, and I say we because I serve on the board, we prepare elected officials to uh, have winning strategies going into the legislature. The website is thefga.org. We continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, again, the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website, historycentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. So, Mark, things are getting tough in Saudi Arabia for some of its citizens. Absolutely, Bob. Um, <laughs> dissidents are being, um, well, not even dissidents, let's put it that way. Um, Recently, um, a gentleman who was related to a dissident 
it seems he made one post on Twitter criticizing the the government, and he was arrested and he was sentenced to death at this point for wow. for you know threaten not threatening but criticizing the king in any which way. So um, that's a very problematic situation to say the least. Um, and um, you know these are our allies. It's a real problem. It is a real problem. It brings up the issue about what's happening in Ukraine. It's not on our list to discuss today, but uh, nevertheless, there's been a lot of <clears throat> dissonance, a lot of uh, re- protests against the Iranian uh, regime. A- any update on that? Iran. You, you, you said Ukraine. Okay. Oh, yeah. no, I'm Iran. Yeah, Iran, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they've gotten it under control, I'm afraid, which is always a problem. They've gotten it under control. Um, the regime... Um, manages to scare everyone to death. Let's put it that way. They arrested and they hung enough enough um, dissidents that people are afraid. Yeah, you know, it's, it's up to only so much you're willing to do. So true. So interesting. So well, thank you for real that. Problem. You know, when you're willing to kill your own citizens, you can remain in power reg- almost regardless of how terrible you are. Yeah, and that's always the problem. Yeah. Well, let's move to China, because big news in China, again, more signs of weakness of the economy and more difficulties uh, there. What are your thoughts? Well, again, I, I think we're seeing more and more of it. We're seeing a, a generation of 14 million graduates uh, from their colleges and no jobs for them. Uh, this becomes a greater and greater problem at this point. Um, you know, it's... Um, very difficult when you have an economy that was doing well. You come in, you mess it up because you want to take greater control because that's what he did with some of his biggest corporations. Yeah. Uh, people are afraid. People are afraid to take risks. And at this point, um, their economy is really in trouble. Yeah. There's no two ways about it at this point. You know, the economy that couldn't stop growing has sort of reached a point where it stopped growing. And uh, when you have an economy that big and it stops growing, it's a problem for them. It's also a problem for us because they're one of our biggest customers. Well, I worry so, about contagion about this entire thing. And the Evergrande uh, apparently uh, owes $7 trillion, I think, to Americans or the American government or to uh, hedge funds. I'm not exactly sure what the story is here, but uh, they're pretty much saying you know, we're not in a position to pay. We're just going to have to default. Well, most I'd be surprised about that because almost all of the debt in China is domestic. Hmm. So I'm a little bit questioning whether we own or who owns very much of that debt outside and outside countries. It's very difficult to, to buy Chinese debt as well. So I'm not sure about that, but of uh-huh. course it's always a problem. Look, China's, you know, when the American economy used to sneeze, the rest of the world caught a cold. Right. Um, and the Chinese are to some extent the same situation at this point because of how important they are to the world economy. So we should be concerned. Um, but, you know, again, this goes to the other side of the coin. We should stop worrying about China and the extent that we were, that they're going to dominate the world, because clearly they're not. I mean, don't get me wrong, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't let, let our guard down in terms of the military and worrying about Taiwan and those sort of things. But um, in terms of their economy dominating us, I think we can forget about that issue to a very large extent. Apparently some of these projects, too, that are being built around the world uh, are having difficulty as well. Apparently, they've really overreached with regard to commitments to other countries. Absolutely. They're just, there's a limit to what they can do, and they thought they could do it all. And that's a lesson to everybody, a little bit too much. Basically, hubris brings you down in the end, regardless of, regardless of what position you are, what company you are, what politician you are, too much hubris, and eventually you will fall, you know. 
who was it who flew, who flew too close to the sun? Icarus. Uh, Icarus, right? So that's that's very much what we're seeing here. Yeah. They thought they were invincible. Um, so it should be a lesson to everybody. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, I, I, we discussed this last week, but uh, I, I think some of this is because of central planning. Is, and I know that you suggested that, hey, they have a, a, a market economy just like we do in some ways, but the fact of the matter is that something's, someone's driving these decisions to overbuild and to do create Wait, some... that's clearly the case, because overbuilding was, was all done by the municipalities and everything else, so that was a big problem. Problem number two was the interference by the government right now. Go back to the fact that the head of Alibaba basically was arrested and then has fled the country. Uh, and we've had a few cases of that. The, the, the Chinese billionaires have almost all fled because they're afraid of being imprisoned. So that's interference. That's clearly, clearly interference, and that's making it very difficult. Who wants to start? Who, what entrepreneur wants to be successful and be, start a great company when the end result is going to be in prison? Right. So as long as you keep your head down and keep yourself to a limited, small company, you're fine. But if you get too successful, well, that's a problem. And, of course, you can't drive an economy that size with small little businesses. So what does all this say about, uh, for example, you usually know that if you want a distraction away from your economic problems, and one of the ways to do that is to create problems abroad. So what does this say about the situation about Taiwan and the Taiwan Straits? I don't know. I, I don't think anything is going to happen now other than some more stable routing because the Chinese are not ready for an invasion of, of Taiwan. That's, a, that's a, a fact. In other words, to invade Taiwan, you need a very large amphibious fleet. They're starting to build one, but they don't have one. Um, and I don't see it happening. I really don't. Hmm. Um, and we'll see. I mean, both China, both Taiwan and, and Japan are rearming rapidly. And, of course, the only thing we don't know is how good are the Chinese weapons. Mm-hmm. We really don't know. They've never been tested in battle. Well, they and seem to so have built up have... a huge navy at this point, so that's, that's a concern. Uh, yeah, but, you know, again, navies, it, it's easy to build a huge navy, but it's hard to run a huge navy. Hmm. You know, it, navy is a tradition. It's, it's not, you know, not a tradition in the sense that you, you learn from, from the ones who went before you. Uh, the Chinese don't have a naval tradition. And um, it's going to be hard for them to to build and run a successfully large navy that quickly. You know, remember, even in World War II, we had a big problem as, as our navy expanded so rapidly. Yeah. But we still had a you know even when even in the in the years between the wars and in the times you know the ten years before World War II, uh, despite the fact that we our navy was smaller, we still had a fleet made up of um, at the time it was six aircraft carriers and. 12 battleships, I think, and, you know, X number of all sorts of other ships that all had junior officers and had people who had experience. Yeah. Um, so we had what to draw on. So we took someone who was, you know, uh, the gunnery officer on a, on, a, on a battleship, and within a year he was the captain of, you know, a new cruiser. Right. But he had that experience before that. The Chinese don't really have that. That's an so interesting it's not thing. So, it's not that easy. So interesting. Uh, well, uh, well, final question, uh, just reading the tea leaves. Any chance that you're going to see the United States trying to bail out China? No. I don't think we have a reason to buy out bail out China. I don't think we can bail out China. That's I don't either. I don't either, but apparently uh, some are suggesting that might be our intent. Yeah, well, so. how are we going to bail out China? With what? <laughs> I don't know, Mark. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, we can bail out a little country, okay, but we can't bail out China. I mean, it's a ridiculous. Whoever's suggesting that is the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard of. Marshall, we have no capability of doing that. You uh, know, we, we 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 could bail out Bermuda, no problem at all. We can even bail out Ecuador if it came to it. But China, no. All right, Mark Schulman again, founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, very robust website. I hope you check it out. Mark, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Have Thank a great you. week, Bob. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also so well informed of what's happening around the world and here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. So what are you going to do on your Labor Day? Well, uh, I've got a lot of things planned around here while you go play golf. Okay. So <laughs> That's right. So I'm not going to labor much. No. <laughs> going to celebrate not laboring today. That's exactly right. So uh, what's happening? What, what's on your mind right now? You know what? The people in Washington think the American people are stupid. Yeah. Um, they think they can lie through their teeth to us all the time. 
and we'll just accept it. And I'm so thankful for Donald Trump because he is peeling the onion every single day about all the lies that they've told. One of the, the glaring examples that I'm thinking about today, and it's been bugging me since he said it, was uh, when Joe Biden went, came to Florida to, to see the um, destruction of Idalia, the most recent storm. And one reporter actually had the guts to ask him a real question, and that was, you said back in March you were going to East Palestine. Why haven't you gone? He said he hasn't had time. Joe Biden, that illegitimate... Yeah, he spends 45% of his time on vacation. And he hasn't had time. Yeah, it's uh, remarkable. It, it is, and, and, and I don't know if you watched it, but I posted this on social media to anyone who brought it to the attention of, of anyone. If you watched him say that, his eyes were shifting all around. He knew he was lying. He knew he was lying through his teeth, and he did it anyway. And you know what else I think? Jill Biden is is standing right behind him, just like she she looked the other way when Hunter was smoking crack on the on the um, balcony of the of the White House. She just looks the other way and just I don't know if she's in on it or if she's just told to shut up about it. But it is just. Yeah. Disgraceful. Well, uh, the, your comments suggest that somehow he has a conscience, and I, I think he might well, be well, beyond that. Well, so. you know what, though? Somebody's got to have a conscience. Yeah. Somebody in all these lies and deceit over all that's been happening has to have a, a guilty conscience. And somehow, some way, in my opinion, one of those guilty consciences is going to give way and spill the beans on everybody. Well, I'm counting on that. Well, we're counting on that, but the problem is the mainstream media won't cover it when it happens. So that, which is so unfortunate. Well, you know, I can't understand uh, his polling right now. He's apparently neck and neck with Donald Trump if he runs for president. It's BS. Uh, it seems to be, but Sorry, he but goes to he goes to Hawaii, he goes to Maui, he goes to uh, Florida. No matter where he goes, people are uh, giving him the finger. <laughs> saying, you know what? You know what the the, the true polling is. In my opinion, because I don't buy all these polls, I don't care who's given them. Yeah. Because I, when was the last time you and I were called for a poll? We don't answer the phone anyway. But but yeah. But but here's the deal: I don't trust them. The the true polling is who turns out to see these people. Right. And to your point, nobody shows up for Biden. Nobody. Right. And if they do, they're like you said, giving them the finger, saying "f you," whatever. Like he he had the that um, reception in. In Florida and in Hawaii, yeah, that's the true polling, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's big. And, and and by the way, you said about the mainstream media. I'm all fired up today because it's just it's so blatantly obvious that Donald Trump is scaring the bejesus out of these people. And you know who said it um, best? I don't like to give throw Donna her. Brazil. That's exactly right, Donna Brazil. She said, "This is a movement. You can't count this out. How can you be indicted four times and your popularity grows? This is a movement, and and yet, and yet, George Stephanopoulos, all these people on the mainstream media, they're talking about, you know." They're not talking about how great Joe Biden is. They're talking about how awful or how great anybody else is. They're talking about 
Donald Trump. Well, here's the, the here's the thing. Uh, Don Brazil is right because the fact of the matter is, uh, for those who support Trump, they believe that he's the last and best hope to save America. They really believe that he is the one. He's the the one that can actually work through and sift through all the evil that's going on up in Washington D.C. and somehow get the boat turned so that we can save the country. Uh, I think it's that belief that's driving all the behavior. So no matter how many indictments, no matter what happens to, to try and uh, to uh, uh, taint his uh, reputation, it's not going to work. What but, about that? What about that? That video that I shared with you last week about that black guy who said, "If he gets convicted, I'm voting for him. I'm <laughs> voting for him." It's, it's just unbelievable. It is rallying people around him because. To you know, it gives me goosebumps because it is it is peeling back the onion on all the crap that's been going on in Washington, and not only on the left but on the right. No, you're you're right. And look right. at what's happening to to Ken Paxton in in um, in Texas. They're trying to to uh, impeach him and and throw him out of office. And guess who's doing it? The Republicans. Yeah, it's amazing. I I will say that. Uh uh, they they plan on starting the trial for on the January sixth issue with uh, Donald Trump on the day before Super Tuesday. That is only going to ignite the base, and it's only going to make uh, Trump even more popular. By the way, if it gets if if it gets that that far, these these um, AGs or these DAs who are trying to throw the book at him, Bonnie Willis down in Georgia has been dabbling in nefarious activities for a long time. No, more than dabbling. I mean, she has, <laughs> she has committed uh, major crimes. Apparently, uh, she's charged Trump with RICO, uh, but uh, she, her, she is actually uh, participating in, in uh, all kinds of voter fraud. It's. I hope they they uh, work on the story and get it out because she's actually, as usual, she's accusing, she's doing exactly what she's accusing Trump of. And, and it gets back to it gets back to uh, these people thinking the American people are stupid, and and they're just. I mean, look at look at how many people rallied around that that uh, one man who was indicted with Trump in, in Georgia. The he was the only black man who was put. He was the only man from all those people yeah. who was kept in prison. He was black, and they they threw him in jail. Bannon and a bunch of other people rallied. Um, uh, the public and their audience, and said, "We need to, we need to provide money to get this guy out of bail." Because the judge, I don't, you know what? Who's paying off these judges? I know who's so, paying off these, or who's threatening them? So I understand through GoFundMe, they raised a quarter of a give, million. Give and go, and 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 over a quarter of a million dollars to get this this guy out. And people are just, they've had enough. Yeah, they've had enough. Linda, we need to take a break. Can you stick around? I have nothing <laughs> of course you all right we're gonna have more here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the bob harden broadcasting network do you have questions about your retirement Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 239- 
329-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's Sizzle Dining Time. Uh, Southwest Florida's premier restaurant week is starting September the 7th. It's running through the 27th, and it's really outstanding, providing two-course lunches for $19 to $29 and three-course dinners for $29 to $49. So, uh... Uh, certainly, uh, Blue Provence is participating. I was just pleased about that. There's many, many restaurants, and you can go to sizzledining.com to find out more. Sizzledining.com. Good chance to expand uh, your network of great restaurants here on the Paradise Coast. Sizzledining.com. We continue the conversation with Linda Harden. Again, Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's Labor Day, and I'm not laboring today. Yeah. And so a lot of people are on vacation for one last time before... School starts and people get back to you work. You know who's noticeably on vacation at this time is a lot of these pundits on t- TV. Uh, Maria Bartiromo has been conspicuously absent, among others. So uh, Let's just talk about that for a second. I mentioned that to you um, this weekend where I thought it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. First of all, the last debate that Fox hosted, even though they pushed it nonstop for like a month ahead of time, its ratings were lower than the the debate for 2016, which which was amazing. And oh, by the way, why do you think that happened? Well, because Tucker Carlson was interviewing Donald Trump at the same time it was on, and he got a record amount of 260 million views. Yeah, so that was good. But now they're going to do um, the next debate this month, September, on Fox Business. Now, you would th- one would think that. Um, because they had uh, Brett Baer and Martha um, McCallum. McCallum on the last debate, that they would, who was who are with Fox News, that they would have someone from Fox Business, and they are. They're having Stuart Barney, but why wouldn't they have a, a woman from Fox Business? No, no, they're bringing some Dana Perino, who is um, on Fox on Fox over to Fox Business. I would, if I were a, a Fox Business person, either the women didn't want to do it. Or they, they, I mean, I'd have Maria Bartiromo in a New York Minute. Hat. Yeah, yeah. But My guess just, is they didn't want to do it. Yeah, well, we'll, will we ever know? Probably not. Yeah. Hey, did you hear, just to change subject really quick, 
Um, did you hear about Prince Andrew? No. What happened? So Prince Andrew's goings and comings, they have all of his documentation of what he was doing during his, during his time with um, Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein's, all of his travels, all of his whatever. It's not, all those things aren't going to be revealed in, until 2065. <laughs> it kind of sounds like Pfizer, so, Pfizer documents, doesn't it? It sounds like the cover-up. Oh, Jesus, they think we're so... Tom Fitton's got to get to work and get some sort of a oh. uh, release of that information. Oh, oh, and let's just backtrack for a second about um, the, the rhinos in Congress. So Kevin McCarthy, who promised transparency when he, when he battled to be Speaker of the House, promised to release all the J6 videos, right? Yeah. Guess who changed his mind? Kevin McCarthy. Now he's changed his mind back again. Well, I, you know what? Let's just say this about that. I don't believe him. I no. won't believe it till I see it. I am pushing on, on Twitter and every social media to motion to vacate that guy because he is tap dancing all over the place with his condescending. When I, when I saw him on Maria Bartiromo a week ago, I nearly, I was so nauseated because he was so condescending to her and he turned, looked in the camera like, yes, I think you people are stupid and I'm going to tell you anything you want to hear. So do you think there's going to be a government shutdown on the end of the month? I don't know. It depends on, 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 who, um, on, on who sticks to their guns. Matt Gates is going to uh, not vote for it. And, and uh, he, she, let me put it this way. Matt Gates is for a government shutdown. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene so far is for a uh, shutdown. They're all voting for impeachment. Let's talk about impeachment of Joe Biden for just a second. Yeah. It will never happen. Yeah, probably not. By the way, he's too good for it. He just needs to be forced to resign, walked his little bat behind out of the White House, and then be handcuffed and arrested for treason. Boom. To go, <laughs> to go through all this rigmarole about impeachment, which will never go through because the Senate will not vote for it, is stupid. Yeah. Well, that's true. The impeachment is one thing, then the conviction is the other thing. The Senate takes care of that, and that's that's not in the cards. But nevertheless, I think an impeachment inquiry opens up a lot more information that could be uh, gather, garnered in order to uh, display to the public exactly what, what's they happening. They are slow walking this thing, yeah. and it's they're running out of time. Let me backtrack to Ken Paxton for just a second, too. Yeah. I watched Bannon on Saturday when I was putting the groceries away, and... It, the whole two hours was focused on the trial of Ken Paxton. Guess who's behind all of this nonsense? The Bushes. Yeah. The Bushes. You know why? Because, because um, George P. Bush, Jeb Bush's son, who ran against Ken Paxton in the last election, lost miserably. Yeah. And the Bushes want to get him out of town. So Karl Rove and, and the Bushes are trying to railroad Ken Paxton what kind of a party is this? I know. It's bad news, I tell you. There's too many forces working for evil. And again, that's coming back to Trump. That's one of the reasons we need to get him in office so he can come in all butts and elbows and uh, clean house. You know what? The, um, that Michael Cohen, that disgraced attorney uh, who, who was caught lying to Congress multiple times, uh, said when when... Trump came into Georgia for his indictment. He came in like Caesar Augustus. He came in with the biggest motorcade yeah. ever. You know who doesn't ever come with a motorcade that big? 
Joe Biden. Joe Biden. It just makes you wonder. I'm just saying. Indeed. Linda Harden, again, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. We didn't talk about COVID. Oh, well, let's talk about it for a second. Uh, um, well, again, they think the people are stupid. They're going. They're saying, oh, well, COVID's making a comeback. You should go put your masks on, and you should go get, you know what? Everything I see on social media is saying, do not comply, do not, and, well, and worse, like, go walk west till your hat flips. Our Surgeon General, uh, Ladapo, Joseph Ladapo, uh, again, he was a uh, endowed professor at UCLA, I believe it was, and uh, he says... Look, there's no evidence to suggest that either the vaccine, the mask, or the shutdowns, or any of that stuff uh, actually work. It actually is detrimental to your health. He says don't comply. So uh, I'm a devotee of... Uh, well, we didn't uh, comply the first time. I know. I know we didn't. But uh, this time, we're, we're going to have company with, with, uh, not complying as well. Again, I just encourage our listeners. I'm no medical doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I, I just look at the evidence and suggest... Be very careful about getting vaccinated again. Just really appreciate you coming on the show, Linda. Thanks for Welcome. joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests for tomorrow. I hope you make it a great Labor Day uh, on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>